Welcome to day 169 of Shape of the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe, Katie Kresge, Matthew Kresge, as we continue our journey uh, through the story of the prophets. We're in the prophet Jeremiah, and of course Jeremiah is prophesying in a time when Israel is perilously close to feeling the full brunt of God's wrath and going into exile. Uh, the land will finally be offered the rest that Israel never gave it, uh, you know, through the celebration of the Sabbath. So we'll see that in our first reading today. Uh, I'm going to pick up, we're reading in 17, I'm going to pick up in, in chapter 16, verse 19, to catch the full hymn, you know, that Jeremiah brings before the Lord or a psalm. Uh, it has elements of lament and sorrow and distress and also elements of hope uh, as you see it, but you can begin to feel uh, the heaviness of the moment as it, it closes in on the nation of Judah, and, and they're absolutely oblivious, but uh, Jeremiah knows full well the sorrow uh, that lies ahead for the nation. So before we read, as we always do, we, um, we treasure the moments we have in God's Word because we withdraw to be in God's Word, to know God and to fellowship with Him through His Word, and we ask Him to do in, his, in our heart and lives what only He can do. Uh, so we offer the moment to the Lord, and we offer ourselves to the Lord for Him to do as He pleases through His Word. So, Katie, you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? Absolutely. Father, we come before You um, in this moment and just ask that You would do a work in us um, as individuals, God, that You would do a work in us as Your people, as Your body, um, that we would be transformed as we read Your Word. God, thank You for these words that are available to us. Thank you that we can open them, open your word um, freely and um, not have to hide it where we live and um, help us to, to have grateful hearts um, for that. And God, would you just transform us as we read together? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're going to pick up the reading in chapter 16, verse 19. Lord, my strength and my fortress, my refuge in times of distress, to you the nations will come from the ends of the earth and say, Our ancestors possessed nothing but false gods, worthless idols that did them no good. The people make their own gods, yes, but they're not gods. Therefore, I will teach them, this time I will teach them my power and my might, and then they will know that my name is the Lord. Judah's sin is engraved with an iron tool inscribed with a flint point on the tablets of their hearts and on the horns of their altars. Even their children remember their altars and Asherah poles beside the spreading trees and on the high hills. My mountain in the land and your wealth and all your treasures I will give away as plunder, together with your high places because of the sin throughout your country. Through your own fault you will lose the inheritance I gave you. I will enslave you to your enemies in a land you do not know, for you have kindled my anger and it will burn forever. This is what the Lord says, Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. The person will be like a bush in wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in parched places of the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Like a partridge that hatches eggs that did not lay, or those who gain riches by unjust means. 
When their lives are half gone, their riches will desert them, and in the end, they will prove to be fools. A glorious throne, exalted from the beginning, is a place of our sanctuary. Lord, you are the hope of Israel. All who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will be written in the dust, because they have forsaken the Lord, the spring of living water. Heal me, Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me, and I'll be saved. For you are the one I praise. They keep saying to me, Where is the word of the Lord? Let it now be fulfilled. I've not run away from being your shepherd. You know I've not desired the day of despair. What passes through my lips is open before you. Do not be a terror to me. You are my refuge in the day of disaster. Let my persecutors be put to shame, but keep me from shame. And let them be terrified, but keep me from terror. Bring on them the day of disaster. Destroy them with double destruction. This is what the Lord said to me. Go stand at the gate of the people through which the kings of Judah go in and out. Stand also at all the other gates of Jerusalem. Say to them, Hear the word of the Lord, you kings of Judah and all the people of Judah and everyone living in Jerusalem who come through these gates. This is what the Lord says. Be careful not to carry a load on the Sabbath day or bring it through the gates of Jerusalem. Do not bring a load out of your houses or do any work on the Sabbath, but keep the Sabbath day holy as I commanded your ancestors. Yet they did not listen or pay attention. They were stiff-necked and would not listen or respond to discipline. If you are careful to obey me, declares the Lord, and bring no load through the gates of the city on the Sabbath, but keep the Sabbath day holy, but not doing any work on it, then the kings who sit on David's throne will come through the gates of this city with their officials. Then their officials will come riding on chariots and on horses, accompanied by the men of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, and the city will be inhabited forever. People will come from the towns of Judah and the villages around Jerusalem, from the territory of Benjamin and the western foothills, from the hill country of the Negev, bringing burnt offerings and sacrifices, grain offerings and incense, and bringing thanks offerings to the house of the Lord. But if you do not obey me to keep the Sabbath day holy by not carrying any load as you come through the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle an unquenchable fire in the gates of Jerusalem that will consume her fortresses. Uh, when we read the section on the Sabbath, you know, we almost wonder, you know, what is, you know, the big deal, you know, with the Sabbath. Of course, the Sabbath will you know, be a picture of the rest that we finally receive in Christ. But it's just a, you know, it's a very gentle ask, you know, on the part of the Lord to give back one part of your week to me, to trust me with your time, to trust me with your wealth, to trust me with your possessions, to trust me to give to you everything you need rather than busying yourself going after one possession after the other. And, and of course, Israel and Judah have flourished, but they have not flourished in their relationship with the Lord. And the Lord is just calling us back to the simple act of trusting in Him. Makes me think of... Um, so I've been reading Exodus. I just finished Exodus in my daily readings. And, um, that makes me think of just his daily provision of the manna and, you know, six days of the week. And he would give them exactly what they needed for that, um, Sabbath day. You know, they, they wouldn't get, receive manna that day, but they would get enough to last them throughout. Yeah. Just a reminder of how all through the ages, God is providing exactly what the people need. And unfortunately they're, you know, they're not they're not depending on him at all. And no. I mean, aren't we guilty of that too? You know, Even the subtle ask of the Lord, I mean, do this on this one day and, and the blessing that comes from that is, is immense as he lays it out here. You know, they're going to have people coming in, bringing burnt offerings, sacrifices, grain offerings, incense, bringing thanks offerings to the house of the Lord. But if you do not obey, and I'll kindle an unquenchable fire um, that will consume her fortress. And even in 
it seems like such an easy choice. And yet even yeah. in that, the people are unable to to obey and, and trust the Lord. Yeah, no, and that's, you know, of course, that's where you begin in, in, in 17. Uh, due to sin is engraved with an iron tool inscribed with a flint point on tablets of their heart. Right. In, in other words, their heart are stone or like mm-hmm. stone before the Lord. And, 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 of course, it does seem like an easy choice. Yeah. And I'm sure if we could sit back and look at our lives, we would see, <laughs> you know, here are all the places we should have chosen we should have chosen our Lord, and we should have mm-hmm. chosen a life that pleased Him. But in our selfishness, we we reached for something else, we grabbed for something else, and it always disappoints, and it always, you know, leads to disappointment and disillusion. And of course, that's what you know Judah's experiencing here. Mm-hmm. When you see the <clears throat> the hard heartedness of God's people here, and He says, you know, hearts are like stone, and and then He keeps going and says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to the conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. And, you know, the bad news keeps coming, but it's preparing the way for the good news, you know, where God tells the people, you know, I will remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Yeah. And, you know, yes, the Lord knows our hearts. It is, you know, deceitful above all things. Yeah. And yet there is a day that is coming. And and I'm glad we backed up in Red 16 because the Lord says, you know, this day I, I will be the one that teaches them. And here he's... You know, going to teach uh, right. judgment's coming, but in the the latter days or in the days of the new covenant, you know, the Lord will be the one who teaches us. You know, we we will know Him. You know, we won't be in need of a, a teacher that teaches one another. You know, for we will all know the Lord. No, you you see, of course, the rhythm that we've talked about, the rhythms of hope and and also the rhythm of despair, the rhythm of judgment, and also the rhythm of restoration, mm-hmm. and and so the section does you know start you know with you know restoration, uh, and then it talks about you know there's a you know kind of a nice little contrast between. Uh, people who are like a bush in the wasteland, mm-hmm. you know, with a, in a salty land or have no hope of prospering and no hope of growth. But you go to verse seven and, and you hear the echoes, you know, of a, you know, Psalm one <clears throat> blesses the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They'll be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. Does not fear when heat comes, its leaves are always green, has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And of course, that is the the picture of you know the shalom you know that God gives the prosperity that God gives, which we see in the the last half of you know chapter seventeen as people coming in and out the gates offering sacrifices that you know Jerusalem once again is is flourishing and prospering, and at the center of their flourishing and prospering is a worship of the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, which has been fully restored. And that's what they've forgotten. Not not that they're not going into the temple, but they're going into temple with these hard hearts that are far from God, and, and they're completely unaffected by their worship. There's a real disconnect between everyday life and, and worship, which is something we desperately you know need to avoid. Hmm. Just that contrast that you're talking about, and just thinking about um, that first paragraph talking about those who aren't trusting in the Lord. I mean, there's the word that comes to mind is just desolation. They're living in a land of desolation. There is no one who lives there um, with them. And then in a contrast, just such fruitfulness when you, when you're trusting in the Lord. And I was just thinking about how, you know, in our minds, um, success equals fruitfulness, but that's not, true. We see so many successful people who are, 
making so much money and doing living their dream. And yet they are deeply depressed and living in desolation because they don't have the joy of the Lord. And then we see people who are in po- living in poverty, people um, that we even know in, in Guatemala that we have, you know, a partnership with in Guatemala who are living in poverty, but they, but their hearts are not impoverished. Their hearts are trusting in the Lord and they are living a fruitful life. And, and, you know, just a reminder that like the Lord is the one who brings fruitfulness and success does not (laughs) in any way. Yeah, there's no doubt. And you have to love the line, you know, 14, heal me, Lord, and I'll be healed. Save me and I'll be saved for you're the one I praise. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, in the, uh, in the old Testament, uh, you know, um, our sin is equated with our our sickness, and, and, and truly, the heart of our sickness is not you know any physical disease we have, but the deep spiritual separation we have from God. And, and so, He uses the image or the metaphor of you know, once You restore us, we have been restored, and once You save us, we have been saved. Mm-hmm. And of course, that is that is our hope. And of course, mm-hmm. the way He finishes that line, You're the one that I praise. David, why don't you uh, close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, forgive us. Uh, forgive us for the times that we trust in ourselves and in our flesh rather than turning to you and trusting in you and putting our confidence in you. And so, Father, may you graciously give us hearts that trust in you, um, that turn to you, and in so doing, um, may we be healed. And we know that that healing comes only in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much for your son. And thank you for the healing and the restoration that he brings to us. Uh, May he endure us and may he carry us on. We pray us all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.